We know a lot of cool juniors. You've got Sammy Davis Jr., Robert Downey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, the sports world has its share of thirds. There's Robert Griffin III, Marion Barber III, Coach John Thompson III. But when it comes to fourths, outside of a handful of monarchs and popes, the, really the only one of note that I can think of is our next guest, Miguel Poblete IV. Yes, this man's grandfather, dad, and brother are all Miguel's, so it only makes sense that he would be known as Jake. Jake is probably the least outspoken of my close college crew, so for many of you, this will probably be the most you've ever heard him talk in one sitting. Another friend who's not on social media, I'm proud to introduce or reintroduce this amazing dude to you. So let's get to it. Episode 20 of the Cinema is Life podcast with our special guest, Miguel Poblete IV, a.k.a. Jake. Welcome back to another episode of Cinema is Life. I'm your host, Neil Turnage. Joining me this week is uh, a man that I've known for a number of years. You guys have already heard from most of my inner circle of, of close, close friends from college. Uh, and this is, I think, the last one of that group that hasn't been on the show. This is Mr. Miguel Poblete IV, a.k.a. Jake. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Neil. What's up? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. Um, I'm so glad you decided you wanted to come on here. You know, when I got Richie and Jay, uh, Richie and Bobby and Justin to come on, I was like, man, I wonder if I can find Jake. It would be nice to get him on. Um, and you've been kind of the, the, the elusive one in the group. You know, I, I made jokes before that, uh, that nobody's ever has heard from Richie, but that was more because he and I went to high school together and a lot of folks that right. I went to high school with. Uh, you know, always ask me about him, but, you know, you and I, we met in college and, um, you know, in the last couple of years, it's been sporadic, <laughs> sporadic. Yeah. And yeah. that's just because life kind of, kind of comes at you a little fast, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, everyone kind of gets caught up in their own thing, uh, uh, life, uh, family, work, things like that. You know, you kind of just, do your own thing, but you know we always connect. We we always find some way to connect, at, at least with our with our uh, with our group. So you know, it's yeah, yeah, good we, to catch up. Exactly, we've got our uh, fantasy football draft that uh, that we've participated in since, gosh, the the early two thousands. Uh, we've got sandbox. Um, <laughs> yeah, sandbox. Man, that's been a minute. That has been yeah. a minute. We've been we've been keeping that up, and of course we've got our text thread with uh with the core group of, of guys. Yeah, all the dumb stuff that we still talk about. Of course, and that's <laughs> that's part of the reason that uh you know we've been able to to keep this thing going, and you guys have been a big part of it. Between the uh, you know Bobby and Richie and Justin and Jeremy, like uh, yeah. like I said, the last the last one that needs to get on here and I'm so glad that you've uh, decided to do it. So well, I'm happy I'm happy to be here. So yeah, you know, we got a lot of mutual friends from uh from college, you know, we were both in in FOSA together yep. and uh, that gives us a big group of folks that uh, we both know. Uh and I'm you, sure some of them are curious as to what's going on with you uh, these days. Can you give us a quick uh, a rundown on what's on Jake's plate? Uh, before the dad, um, 
let, let me clarify. My name is Miguel, but everyone calls me Jake because I'm the fourth Miguel in my family. So you might hear Neil interchange Jake and Miguel. So just to make <laughs> that clear, it's I'm, I'm the same person. My yes. grandfather's name is Miguel. My father's name is Miguel. My brother's name is Miguel, and I am Miguel as well. But everyone calls me Jake. Filipinos give each other nicknames, man. You know how that is. (laughs) Where did Jake come from? So uh, I think it came from my grandmother. Um, It came from the Philippines, and I guess everyone gets a nickname in the Philippines, I guess. And I guess my grandmother called me uh, Jack Jack. So I guess that's where it came from. At least that's what I've been told by relatives. But I really don't know. But, you know, when growing up in the Philippines, coming here when you're like three, you kind of just adopt whatever they say. I don't know any better. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I'm going to ask you a question. Do you remember our first time we met? Oh, man, it was it was early. The early days of, of tech in FASA. What it was in, it was in FASA. It wasn't FASA. Huh. No, you had okay. came came to tech from drill because you were. Uh, oh man! Yeah, and you came it was my to from yeah. It was my freshman year, so might have been your junior year. Uh-huh. Uh, I met you at Wendell's apartment, and we bonded over wrestling. Yes, sir. Man, you got a good memory. The, com- the, the common denominator with our group has always been wrestling. So It has. It has. Between uh, watching wrestling, going to some wrestling shows, playing wrestling video games, man, <laughs> it's, it's good stuff, man. It's yeah, good. And so, back then was when it was it was really starting to get really big like, oh, and, yeah. and mainstream with that. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and uh, the NWO so, and – all of that, we went, stuff. like all the we, things that hit big culturally, uh, widely, those those things were going on at that time. So it was a good uh, good way to make friends and meet new people. Yeah, <laughs> if you were into. I, that. I, I remember we used to have to take tape either raw or nitro because we would watch the live version and watch the next one after that because we didn't want to miss it. So, but uh, yes, sir, <laughs> answer your you question. Know, I'm sorry. No, I was I was gonna say well, well before we get to the current uh, stuff I will I will also recount um, one of my favorite memories between you and me was the summer that we stayed at Tech and everybody else had gone home uh, so we took it upon ourselves to play a little prank on uh, your your roommates at the time. Well, uh, I, I remember I wasn't living with them but I was there basically. I mean they gave me a key they gave you a key. <laughs> the greatest so, prank that we ever did. Yeah, so. we went in and we swapped Richie and Bobby's rooms in their apartment at, um, at uh, Collegiate Suites. Suites. It was a two bedroom, yeah. so we uh, so they, enlisted a couple we people took to everything <laughs> out of one room. Uh, yeah, we had help from Rudy Picardo and um, took everything out of one room. Swapped it into the other, basically made it a mirror image. And and when we say everything, we took everything, like down yeah. to the socks on the floor. We put them in the other room in the exact same place. We put posters up where they were. <laughs> we switched their beds. We switched their uh, um, 
their bathroom stuff, the toiletries and everything. Like whatever was in one room, it basically just got swapped over. And, it did. Uh, it did. And what's great it about it is so satisfying. We have it on tape. I don't know where that tape is though. Man, I bet Rudy's got it somewhere. Rudy it's recorded on a, it's on a every hard drive. Time. It's on a portable hard drive somewhere, I'm sure. So, so, so yes, uh, uh, enough reminiscence. Tell me about what's going on these days with you, man. Well, uh, these days, I'm in the wonderful world of banking. <laughs> I've been doing it for about 18 years. Wow. Seems, seems a long time. Uh, my dad told me I needed to get a real job. So, you know, I uh, kind of fell in the world of banking, and I've been doing it ever, ever since. I mean, I've kind of carved my little niche career out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh Pays well, it pays the bills. It was a lot better than working in restaurants, I'll tell you that. So, oh, yeah. 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 Common yeah, thread a, that you shared with Justin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always being angry at the end of the night, pissed off, having to work weekends. Yeah, it wasn't fun, but, you know, I'm a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's treated me well. Really? It's just taking care of the family and, you know, everything else, being an adult, I guess. That's crazy. Nothing, that, uh, no, nothing too exciting. Yeah, it's all good. You know, excitement sometimes is overrated, man. You get a good family uh, situation and a, and a stable existence as an adult, you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm actually doing pretty good." For sure. So I, I still can't believe that that we're old enough to have careers of 18 plus years in the same same business. I mm. I feel like college was like 10 years ago. Yeah, I still remember. It's definitely much, much more than that. I still remember Mitzi. Oh, oh, Mitzi, girl. And LeBron. (laughs) Mitzi was my Mitsubishi Galant, my very first car. 1992 maroon Mitsubishi Galant. So beautiful and perfect. With the LeBron. We did have a LeBron on the front of it. Um, That was such a great car. I got that sucker up to 100. 11 miles an hour going down (laughs) that's pushing it that's pushing it (laughs) yeah yeah that sucker was i like i almost didn't feel the road anymore when you go in that (laughs) those days are far behind me thank goodness oh yeah oh yeah Uh, i'm not that stupid (laughs) oh no cost too much and you know how much gas did you spend trying to get your car up to that yeah (laughs) going up the mountain that's not worth it. Not worth it. Definitely. Yeah, it's super dangerous. But uh... oh man, you know what? I forgot to tell you something. What's up? Ah, picking myself because I, I usually try and tell people this right at the beginning, but um, I don't know how to say this. I'll just come out with it. You died. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> you took that better than I. Uh, than well, I, I thought you might, but um. Yeah, so this podcast exists outside of space and time, and uh, you have, and it it's happening after you have passed away. That's not saying that you um, you died in our time right now. You could have died right. fifty years from now, for all I know. Uh, this I'm just plucking you out of a moment in your life to let you know that uh, the rest of your life has already been lived. If you can tell me how you died, so I was. Uh... Sitting at home one time and just watching a movie. Don't know what the movie was, but I decided to end it all. 
I ate, I ate a bunch of Jake killers. Oh no, the Jake killers. <laughs> so Jake, I'll, I'll, I remember. I, so I will let Neil explain what those are. So Jake killers is a confectionery de- delight that uh, I don't even know what the actual name for them are. It's it's a <laughs> concoction that's kind of like a brownie, but not really. It's like a brownie on super steroids. There's caramel in it. There's coconut in it. There's chocolate, chocolate chips. Um, it, it is basically just a super sugar bomb. And uh, you uh, are, are you diabetic or are you just yes. – um, yeah, well, that's, I, I, that, I, that's how the whole thing came <laughs> out was that so. – uh, I've been a diabetic ever since I was a kid. So, uh, yeah, um, growing up as a kid, I remember smelling sugar or something sweet, sweet. It would make my head hurt. And I remember, uh, every now and then when it, it, someone would bring them over or make them, it used to make my head hurt, but I got used to it. But yeah, <laughs> f- finally, I was like, you know, I lived a good life. Let's try one of these bit suckers. So. Yeah, that that that's how I died. It didn't didn't work out well for you. Oh, you know. Man, well, I hope it tasted good for you, man. Cause those were uh, those were very very tasty treats as far <laughs> as I can remember them. I haven't had one in a long time, but now maybe you're making me a rethink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I think you got a kick out of that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you worry about death at all? Yes and no. So. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my jobs working in, in the banking industry is I used to work for a retirement community. So mm-hmm. I would have to set up like estates for people. So I dealt with death, like really on a daily basis. So I, it kind of made me kind of numb to the situation, uh, like trying to get your affairs in, in order, making sure you have this, making sure listing um you know have contacts updated so i kind of dealt with it uh yeah in wor- working indirectly but um i'm also a man of faith so i do know that there's something else outside so um do i f- i think about it yes am i necessarily afraid about it i'm not so much it's good that's a, that's a good attitude well Fortunately, I'm here to tell you that um you know you're you're right on target. Heaven does exist and uh you are on the right path to getting there. And um, what wait a minute, Neil, this is not uh defending your life with Albert Brooks. No, it is not a defending your life situation. We're not recycling you through the machine <laughs> uh and uh, making you uh <laughs> making you stand trial for the, the fears that you face during your time on earth. I figured you'd uh, like that. Uh, that is one of my favorite movies uh, <laughs> of of any topic, but definitely right. I think my favorite one about uh, death and the afterlife and stuff. Um, but no, you you've made it into heaven, my friend. Congratulations! It's full of your favorite stuff, um, and the people there are just pleased as punch to get to meet you. They figure that the best way to get to know somebody is to learn about their life through the lens of film. The people in heaven are so obsessed with films themselves. Uh, and the first thing they want to know about you is what's the first me- uh, movie you can remember seeing? First movie I remember seeing was Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Uh, my uncle, 
he was a very big he he's he was very into movies um he lives up in New York, and if you go to his basement, it's basically well it was blockbuster, so you pick whatever movie and he had uh made this tape of Star Wars because he was into science fiction and he thought I might like it, my brother and I, so when we watched it, we played that thing like. I know it was always on replay. So Star Wars episode for a new hope. Nice. That's a good one to start with. What is that's a big. film? Oh, go ahead. I know that that's big in our, uh, in our group. So yeah, our circle is definitely pro star Wars, um, varying degrees of tolerance for the prequels <laughs> and sequels, but, uh, the original trilogy, that is, uh, that is untouchable for us. <laughs> Now, what's a film or a film character you identify with more than anyone? So, this was kind of hard for me because, you know, it's you don't really identify with just one character, but more than one. And you can pick whatever movie out there. But um, I'm going to go with uh, Justin Lin's Better Luck Tomorrow. Have you seen it? Yes, yes, I do remember yeah. that movie. That came out... Um, that came out while we were in college, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So the basic premise is a bunch of – it's a high school flick, so your typical high school flick, but it was it started Asians, and we never saw that. But, no, uh, definitely didn't. What was, what was – what, what I relate about it is it was Asians getting really good grades, and, you know, not – that was kind of our thing back then. You got really good grades. If you got really good grades, you can do whatever you want. Our parents didn't care. So we would always go get good grades, get A's and B's and whatever. And my parents didn't really care. Now, I didn't do half the stuff that they would do. But, you know, I had a little uh, little fun back then. You know, yeah. Uh, causing some mischief back then. But, you know, it was just, wow. As long as you got good A's or... You would tell them, oh, we're going to the library. You do whatever you want. Your parents didn't care. Right. It was like your report card was a get-out-of-jail-free card. Essentially, it was, and yeah. It was a way to justify. It was like, well, look, you know, I'm going out with my friends, and I'm hanging out, and I'm doing all these things, but but I'm getting good grades. So, obviously, this stuff is not a distraction. This stuff is not detrimental to my development or whatever, whatever. And as yeah. long as you could continue to prove that um, – these things were not interfering with your schooling, then, hey, have at it. I think that's what allowed me to have a similar level of um, trust from my folks. Was I was a really, really good student in high I mean, school. We we all were. We all were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got into tech. So, I mean, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, we were all good students, but I know uh, we, we had a little uh, mischievous side among all of us. So, you know, that. It was just like, wow, that, I guess that was me. That was a lot of us. Yeah, I could see that. I can definitely see that. And, and it does describe a, one thing I liked about that movie, it was for the first time, you really got to see, uh, the dynamic between a bunch of Asians in a group where yes. it wasn't like, it wasn't like you were the Asian guy in, in a group of a bunch of different kinds of kids, not necessarily the one Asian kid and a bunch of white people or, right. um, or this kind of, um, 
super diverse group where there was representation from, you know, one of each <laughs> ethnicity. It was so, like, hey, here's a movie that is primarily full of Asian kids. And hey, there are different kinds of us. There's the shy ones. There's the alphas. There's the uh, the ones that are just kind of there for the ride. There, you know, they we represent every kind of kid that you see on television already. Just happens to be Asian. And yeah, it's it's kind of nice to see that. I mean, that was my core group. So right, but uh, right. Uh, apparently, Justin Lin has stated that. Also, another fact that it's Han's backstory in the Fast and Furious. Uh, oh. He stated that it's his backstory. So for those uh, Fast and Furious fans, go check it out. Okay. Well, cool. Um, do you like scary movies? What's a I, uh, What's a film that legitimately scared you? I do not like scary movies. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't go out of my way to watch all the, uh, you know, the Exorcist, uh, the. Uh, what's called the exorcism movies. I don't really like those. Uh, not that because I, I just think they're dumb, but that's just me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> a movie that actually scared me, and this will sound dumb, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Dude, I, I'm not going to knock I, you on that. I they're do not like clowns. Crazy creepy. So uh, I remember... Uh, my parents had HBO, so I remember one night I would wake up like at like two o'clock in the morning, can't sleep, so you turn on the TV and it it would come on. So you're like, oh okay, clown. So whatever. After that, never again. I cannot watch that movie. Those clowns are really really creepy. The cotton candy that they turned the people into was kind yeah. of really warped and weird, and then you know, they. What they, 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 they like struck a straw in the cocoons. Yeah, and sucked like, out whatever kind of uh, yeah, and the it was, into. and there was the big one, and uh, I was just kind of. I know the premise is dumb, but I, I, I don't like clowns, <laughs> and I know and people don't like clowns. You when you first saw it, yeah, I was probably maybe like ten, nine or ten. I'm like, no, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> clowns yeah, aren't that, fun. That's the kind so. of thing that can mess you up long term. <laughs> <laughs> And it's weird. It's wild that those movies came on at like every hour of the night. So you could just kind of wake up, hop on the TV, and there'll be nothing on any channel except Killer Clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to wake up to that. But let's uh, let's break from scary movies. What about sentimental stuff? Is there a film that made you cry? And uh, do you do you tend to cry at movies? I'm not a big crier, but. There are two films I've legitimately cried in. Um, first film is very nostalgic to, I guess, everyone in our age group. Uh, Transformers, the animated movie, when uh, Optimus Prime dies. When uh, Optimus Prime oh, dies. You never saw an Autobot, let alone the leader, die in a movie. And I just right. I remember watching it in the theaters with my mom and my brother. And I just remember crying a little bit. You can't kill Optimus. So, but that's my fun answer. My, right. uh, uh, my more serious answer, uh, I saw this later in life. Um, it's, it's a foreign film. 
uh, Life is Beautiful with uh, Roberto Benigni. Uh-huh. Just, just the overall themes of that movie dealing with the Nazis and, you know, struggle and, you know, taking care of his family. Yeah. That, 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 that that'll get you. Of, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's a tremendous movie. You know, it touches on some really heavy themes, you know, in a way that, uh, is truly beautiful. So uh, I think it deserved all the, all the love that it got at a yeah. worst time. Definitely did. So. So what's the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily because you like it or it's your favorite, but, but because of the circumstances behind when you saw it. This takes me to a time when a lot of things were simpler. Um, there were no cell phones. There was no social media. Uh, there, there were no pagers. If you could remember that, I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I know we, our age group definitely remembers that. So <laughs> what did you do to hang out with your friends? You knocked on their doors. Hey, you want to out and play? So the movie for me is The Sandlot. Nice. So nice. that does, that is such a time capsule film. And yeah. So I and, remember, um, you know, you, you don't, you can't, I mean, unless you have their phone number, you don't really use the phone when you're a kid. You would mm-hmm. just see the kids at the bus stop. So what do you do? Knock on the door. Say, hey, can so-and-so come out? We're going to play football or basketball or baseball in the yard. And you always challenge other courts or other neighborhood kids just because, I mean, that's what you did back in the eighties. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that really, uh, reminds me to a simpler time, uh, a lot different from what today is. You know, it's funny because that movie was a flashback. You know, if, if a lot of people forget that, that, uh, the movie actually takes place in, in modern for that era time where Benny the Jet is getting ready to, uh, try and steal home and, I forget the main character's name all of a sudden, but he's a uh, uh, Smalls. Smalls, right? Smalls is is uh, a grown up, and he's an announcer in the booth. Uh, and then he thinks back on this time uh, of the kids, so it's already going back in time to presumably the the sixties or so, right? But it felt very relevant to us as kids who grew up in the eighties, yeah. and that won't resonate with kids today. Yeah. You know, I mean, no cell phones, uh, groups of kids just hanging out with no adult supervision. Um, you know, no plans. And your, just your, your parents your plan would make was, you, what are we going to do this summer? We're going <laughs> to play baseball. That's yeah. it. Like your parents would make you go outside and not stay in the house. It's like, yeah, you right. guys go out and play. And yeah, I mean, kids these days, I don't think they do that. Do they? I don't know. Uh, I, well, I, I, you know, I was reading up on some things like Stranger Danger and those the the moral panics that some of our uh, um, that our collective society has fallen it into, where we get maybe overly anxious, I should say, about certain okay. things that uh, that really don't happen as frequently as you would think, given the proliferation of true crime. And the stories that make it to the news and Amber Alerts and things like that. Like, you know, we, we have this, we have this real big stranger danger fear 
or you don't want to let your kids out of your sight because they might be snatched up and drop, uh, you know, thrown into a van and taken off somewhere or whatever. And, yeah. you know, the, the truth of the matter is that happens much less frequently than, than we think. Uh, so much to the effect that, uh, it's almost not worth worrying over. I'm not saying not to take precautions about it, but, right. um, you know, the, the likelihood of your kid getting kidnapped is infinitely more likely from a family member or somebody close that knows right. them. Cause that. I remember back then, all, all the kids I hang up, my parents knew their parents too. So right. that was, that was, right. that was a thing too. Like, so it made it a whole lot ever, easier yeah. for uh, for parents to just let you go off and do your own thing. Yep. Because yeah, you knew if, if you didn't come home on time, there was a yeah. handful of phone calls that they could make and figure out who, who where you were and who you were with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to throw in Can't Hardly Wait, Remember the Titans, and 10 Things I Hate About You in there. So, but, oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful <you know>. movies. <laughs> that, that's, that's summer that you hearkened back to in the pre-show. Yeah, that was, those were movies were probably on repeat all that time. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, what's a movie you used to love, but you revisited it recently and you realize it's not as good as you remember or it just doesn't hit the same for you? So, this was hard because I didn't want to watch it again. Just because, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how you like a movie, then you're like, okay, I remember it when I saw it because it was like innovative and it was about stuff that I was into. Then you don't want to watch it because you know it's dated. Yeah. Um, the movie's uh, Hackers with uh, oh. Johnny Lee Miller <laughs> and uh, Angelie Jolie, <laughs> Fisher Stevens. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it is great to see what we thought the internet was going to be like yes. <laughs> in the early days of uh, of the internet. I you mean, know, movies like Hackers and The Net, Lawnmower Man, and all of these like <laughs> technology based I mean, movies. I think it came out in the early or mid nineties, where you know the inter- internet was in its infancy and. Everything was all about computers and stuff. So, you know, it's a movie that I naturally gravitated to. A lot of people. Then you're, then you watch and you're like, well, that, that's what it's like. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right. <laughs> so, right. yes, it's, it was a good movie at the time, but yeah, um, updated. Uh, it, it's a good watch. Put it that way. Yeah. I, uh, when you said Fisher Stevens, I immediately thought of Short Circuit. And that's one that's, it's kind of hard to go back to. Yeah. It's funny. It's entertaining, but like they got this one real big spot just <laughs> right in or in front of you of, of Fisher Stevens character. With, uh, Johnny Five. Yeah. With Johnny Five. Yeah. You know, the uh, brown face going on in that movie is, is pretty oh, embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't know to... as a kid, I didn't know he wasn't Indian. I didn't know either. And <laughs> at, now as a grown up, I'm like, oh man, how did I not know? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you feel like you can go watch it and, you know, knowing all of that, you can kind of justify to yourself, like, hey, it's not so bad for me to 
enjoy this, but you, you also still kind of can't help but feel a little dirty at the same time. Yeah, it's um very young Angelina Jolie almost makes up for watching it again. So <laughs> put it that way. What's a film that's not really all that well received? Uh, it may not even be very good, but you love it anyway. There's a ton of those movies that I love and we love. Um, I, I was almost uh, my answer was going to be ready to rumble. Just oh, to put it that. <laughs> but um, my answer is uh, Battleship. Oh, with, uh, wow. With Liam Neeson and Taylor Kitsch and Rihanna for all. So <laughs> the premise of the movie is really dumb. It, it has nothing to do with the Milton Brandy battleship game. Nothing to do with it. It's about aliens and they take over a battleship and whatever. But I don't know. Something about Peter Berg movies. Um, Peter Berg, he, uh, did the TV version of Friday Night Lights, and I want to believe Taylor Kitsch is a good actor in movies. I want to, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, he's more made for TV, so yeah. But I don't know. He he was decent in True Detective, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like he was in that uh, Mars movie that he did. uh, John Carter, that Disney movie. Yeah, John Carter from Mars. He didn't really do well. I want to believe that he's good, but uh, (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, every time it's on, you know, I just like, I know this movie's dumb, but I'm going to watch it anyway. So, I mean, Lee Neeson's in it, so why not? That's great. Yeah, why not? You know, sometimes it's worth it to watch some of these old movies that, uh, that aren't great, but have either powerhouse actors in some of their worst roles or before they got to be really big. Uh, you know, you're just like, like a, a movie like Can't Hardly Wait, you know? Yeah. You've got Seth Green in there. You've got, um, uh, what's his name? Peter McNeely. Jason, before, uh, you know, pre-Twilight stuff. Uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Uh, yep. You know, uh, ooh, I, I can't, I'm blanking on the names. Like, everyone's in that movie. Yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> it's Sabrina, the teenage witch. What's her name? Oh, Melissa Melissa, Joan Hart is in there. Um, Charlie Corsno, uh, the kid from Dick Tracy. He grew up. Jamie Presley's in it. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, there's in there. there's so many, so many like bigger names and and folks that uh, you just you look you can point to it now and be like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah. He was in that guy. He was in that movie. Yeah. What to you is the sexiest film or scene? I had to think about this for a little bit because, you know, there are very many nostalgic, sexy scenes, I guess. But I'm going to go with something that's not typical. It's a movie with a lot of well-known actors. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy and Robin Gibbons. When Robin Gibbons comes to Eddie Murphy's apartment with just a trench coat on. Nice. That is I don't know sick. if many I don't know if many people remember that. But yeah. Everyone's that was, in that movie. Boomerang is crazy because that summer 
I thought End of the Road was going to be the number one song on the radio forever. Shoot. That soundtrack. It was that big. That <laughs> yep. soundtrack was so good, and that song got so big. End of the Road was like, you turn on the radio <laughs> at any point in the day between 103 Jams and Z104 and Mix 105.3, like, you're going to hear it. It was on repeat. It, it was like yeah. mandatory. You had to... uh Play it once an hour. <laughs> For real. And I don't know if you did this uh, over in Bayside, but do you guys used to sing that song too? Like you and oh. your friends. Yeah. 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 That's so, that's probably a precursor of what we of what to come. What why, what we did in college, Neil. Yeah. So I will. I, this is Oops. a story that I don't think has ever been uh, been told. When I when I was in junior high school. At, at, at Bayside, um, I remember there being a school dance, and at one point, Richie and a group of dudes got up and sang Motown Philly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it started. That's where it started. Yeah, that is the okay. earliest instance I can think of. Um, okay. I don't even remember who the whole group of guys was, but I remember it was Richie and probably three or four other guys like Martin Briones and <laughs> William Boone. And I don't know. I, I could be getting the names mixed up, mixed up, but I remember specifically there was like four guys got up there and they played Motown Philly and they all got up there and kind of gathered around one or two microphones and were trying to sing Motown Philly. <laughs> like I think over the, like- the, the I, I, I never tried to sing, but there was a bunch of people that uh, in junior high, they, they were singing it at the back of the bus. You know, they were trying to form their uh, their uh, their boy groups, I guess. I mm-hmm. never did it, but I saw everyone else trying to do it. I was one of the dudes trying to do it. I, I will be, I'll freely admit that. <laughs> you look back and think of how silly and stupid you were as a child. Yeah, a, it was it was teenager. like the eighties, early nineties, whatever, man. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um now there's a subcategory to this question called Troublesome Boners, Worrisome White Ons. Um basically what is a film or a scene that you found sexy uh, that wasn't intended to be sexy or that you find a little bit embarrassing to admit? Okay. There's one movie that I thought about immediately after I read this question, but I'll have, I have two answers. I have a traditional answer that <laughs> you seem to be sexy and a non-traditional answer. So okay. for my, tra- I love when tra- folks have two answers. So I the traditional it. answer. So this is a movie that I saw back in the middle nineties and I thought it was great. Then watching it back again after 2000. You're like, wait a minute. So the movie is uh, Luke Besson's The Professional. Okay. Uh, it stars Jean Reno, Danny Aiello, Gary Oldman. It's about a assassin or a hitman that uh, befriends a 12-year-old girl. That 12-year-old girl is played by Natalie Portman. After seeing Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, Never mind about the bad acting, but Danny Portman was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Then watching it again, knowing that she became Padme, kind of <laughs> like, wait a minute, she's 12, but 
she's 12. Right, so. right. It's like, <laughs> and because she was, she's roughly our age, you know, Natalie Portman's not old by any stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, she, and so she's roughly movie, our age. The movie came out in like 94, 93, 94. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thinking back, watching it again, you know, she's 12 years old in the movie, but you're just kind of like, wait a minute. That's that kid grows up to be this. Yes. So <laughs> that is uh, my traditional answer of something sexy. Before you get to the next one, I'll kind of just kind of add a little bit to that. Mm-hmm. I have a similar relationship with old stuff from Alyssa Milano. You know, from, uh, I grew up who's watching the Who's the Boss. Yes. And I think Alyssa Milano might have been my first, like, TV crush. I've I've found her attractive essentially my entire life. But yeah, 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 I get you, I get exactly where you're coming from when you talk about the professional and Natalie Portman then versus now. Yeah. So, uh go going to my non-traditional answer. Uh-huh. So, um the next movie is a film by Ang Lee. And before you jump to conclusions, it's not that movie. <laughs> so you remember back in college where in our group who was the chef it was me so uh the film is eat drink man woman have movie. you seen it i love the opening of that movie the opening scene that yes. my friend is a sexy scene Oh my! You are my man, my man. You are speaking directly, <laughs> directly to my heart. I, I come wholeheartedly will co-sign it, on. It's it's a really good movie. It's about relationships with the fathers and daughters. But all you really need to see is the opening scene to that movie, and you're done. Wonderful. Watching him cook all of those different um, yes dishes, and the care he puts into them. You know, he does the Peking South duck. Yep. It does. Everything's Dumpling. fresh. Everything yep. is completely fresh. And then you realize that he's making this stuff and it's just for dinner with him and his what three girls? Yeah, yeah it's Sunday dinner. It's but Sunday it's dinner. Like, he makes enough food to feed an entire city block. And it's for these it's for four people. Yeah. So I mean <clears throat> those it it is it is a very good movie. Not just because of the opening scene. It deals with relationships and, you know, unexpected things happen. It's a very good movie. So, but that opening scene is by far one of the best. That is a great answer. I am uh, very impressed that that's what you think. <laughs> good on you, man. Uh, objectively, what do you think is the best film of all time? If the aliens came down and, uh, you know, zapped you up into their ship and said, show us the greatest human cinematic achievement. What movie are you going to show them? Saving Private Ryan. Nice. That's a good answer. I haven't heard that one yet. So uh, you've heard veterans say that the opening scene, they get PTSD because it reminds them of what they went through. That's how real it is. Spielberg, he did amazing um, his direction in that movie, his themes, everything about that movie. Um, I read that he shot the movie with certain filters to n- make it look a little more grainy and gritty. Mm-hmm. So 
it was like you kind of felt like you were there. Then I remember um, he got upset with like cable companies that would play play the movie like on TBS or TNT for like Memorial Day. They would uh, increase the contrast and it would look funny. But uh, uh, I remember Spielberg purposely shot it the way he did it because he wanted you to feel the grittiest, the texture, the feelings of like you were there. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what? What can you say about that movie? I mean, the overall direction, the themes of Tom Hanks doing something that he doesn't necessarily agree with. I can't remember the line, but he's like. If doing this, finding this kid Ryan gets me home to my wife, I'll do whatever it takes. Right. So I mean, uh, Tom Hanks, he he uh, he didn't win Best Actor for that movie, but you know who did? Mm-mm. Roberto Benigni. Oh yeah, I guess that, so. It was the same year. I mean, honestly, you could you couldn't go wrong with either one. That year um, might have been the most uh, impactful of my life. Yeah, that was '98. Yeah, uh, that, that was, was the year I joined the National Guard. I remember that movie being really significant, partly because it was the only time our drill sergeants let us leave to to do something entertainment wise. Um, they they organized a trip to the movie theater so that all of us uh, in our platoon could go watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, they just they felt like it was that important, and then you know, it's not ninety eight was the summer of uh, Sosa and McGuire going mm-hmm. back and forth for the uh, the home run title, breaking Babe Ruth's record. Uh, just a just a really eventful year, man. Yeah, that was uh, my freshman year at Tech too. So I came in in ninety eight. What's your Vortex movie? The one that you can watch over and over again. It sucks you in. No matter what part of the movie is on, you still continue to watch through to the end. Again, there are many of those. Throw in any sports movie. That's that's me. Um, thought long about this movie, and uh, this was a it's a made for TV movie. So, I'll preface that. And there's a famous line in this movie, and every time I hear that line. I think of one Neil Turnage. Oh, no. I'll give you a clue. Leon. I'm David Ruffin. <laughs> <laughs> the Temptations. I can watch that thing any day. Gladys Knight and, he... and the Pips. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. David Ruffin and... What's this one's name again? <laughs> <laughs> every, time I, every time I hear that na- that that line... Or Leon, I think of you because <laughs> of what we did in college, and we won't go oh, into that. Man. But every that time so I hear great. that, I, I think of Neil Turnage saying that line. Temptations mini move, mini uh, mini series, and they collected it into just kind of one long movie. Was does so does that great. count? <laughs> I think I mean, it counts. I, I would. <laughs> I mean, we have I, I would count it. <laughs> There's no, uh, no one's keeping score, so I, I, I'll accept it. That movie and, and that band were just so, I don't know, they, they just hit me at the right time and they resonated the right way. And I love the, the story that they told and kind of yeah made their way I mean, all the way, the different incarnations of the band up until uh, they got to the last original member left being Otis, <laughs> who's still alive, I think. 
Is he still alive? I think so. If he's not, then it then he might have passed really recently. But I I think he's still alive. He's doing like some uh like he's known for his clothes right now. Like, <laughs> Is it Otis Williams? Real flamboyant uh dresser. Okay. I, I think he's got some drip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time that's on, I I'll stop and watch it, and I know you too. <laughs> It could be on yeah, in the background. You'd be quoting it. Yeah, that that movie. <laughs> I love. I see. I see actors from that movie in other stuff, and it's hard to separate them out. I mean, Leon. He will be Darice and David Ruffin, but you know that's when I see Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Darice being from Cool Runnings. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and the Black Jesus from the Madonna video. <laughs> <laughs> Black Jesus. Yes. Yes, he's very important. He he was very he was good in that video. What in your opinion is the worst film of all time? So I know Richie mentioned this and I'm not sure if Bobby did, but there was that summer when we went to Squires and went to theaters and we saw reindeer games and it was like two hours left we wanted back. That's not my answer because I'm sure Richie has explained it enough, and I'm sure Bobby will go into it as well. But um, it's a video game movie. Super Mario Brothers with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Uh, I cannot that, watch. Yeah. They, how do you get that so wrong? I mean, so Dennis Hopper? wrong. Dennis Hopper? I mean, he's a, Dennis at the Hopper time. Dennis Hopper Bowser. With some weird cornrows, um, two Italian plumbers, one played by John Leguizamo, the other played by um, Bob, Bob Hoskins. So you have a you have a Puerto Rican and an English guy playing Italian. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just so bad. So uh, so bad. There's nothing I, redeeming about that movie. Nothing. They didn't check the source material. Nothing. I heard that the, the actors would have to be drunk to finish their that movie. Like they literally <laughs> got drunk and just to get through acting throughout that movie. But yeah, that's one that I remember seeing it uh, when it came out, probably on video. But I was like, "What is this? This is nothing like what?" And yeah. <laughs> That's there are others, but I, I don't remember because, you know, video games is a very big subject for our age group growing up playing Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's that's one of those things you're like, how dare you insult us with this movie? But yeah, that's one I can't I can't get through. Did you know that movie is Oscar nominated? For what? <laughs> Best what? visual effects. Who, who's it up against? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not listed, and it's in its Wikipedia. It says it was up for consideration for best visual effects, but then you go to the Oscars page. Um, okay. It lists Nightmare Before uh, Before Christmas, Cliffhanger. You cannot say Oscar nominated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could watch get through even like ten minutes of that movie right now. So. Yeah, for those who haven't seen it, don't watch it. Okay, so I I misread the Wikipedia. It said it was one of four Disney films under consideration for oh. best visual effects, but ultimately they 
It was a Disney they film? selected um, Nightmare Before Christmas to oh, represent yeah. Disney. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they made the right choice. <laughs> I'm saying Disney? I can't believe that this is a, that it was a Disney movie. <laughs> I I did not know that. I, really? Well, let's let's get off of the negative thing. Let's let's <laughs> what's a, what's the movie that made you laugh the most? What's your favorite funny film? So I wouldn't say it's my favorite. There's like, there's a lot of things I find funny. Um, uh, I tried not to put a Will Ferrell movie in there, but sometimes it slips in, or a Judd Apatow movie in there. But um, the movie I picked, it's a sequel. And, you know, sequels are known to be not as funny. Original, but I'm putting it in there anyway. It's uh, 22 Jump Street. With uh, Channing Teaming and Jonah Hill. Yeah. I don't know. It's just they're the way they play off each each other. You would never think Channing Tatum, this guy, Coach Carter, the step up movies and Jonah Hill, the uh, the what's his name? Super the, bad. Uh, yeah, super bad. Uh, the guy from Moneyball. They're, yeah. The way they play each off each other in that movie. I don't know. I just, I just can't stop laughing at it. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if the original was more funny or the second one. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't pick, but I'm gonna go with Twenty Two Jump Street. Well, Jake, you know it's an indeterminate time in the future. You're sitting at home, you're watching the Sandlot, and uh, you get a little hungry, and uh, you know, you find yourself. Left, uh, you brought home some, some leftovers from your retirement party at the bank. And, and among some of the treats were a plate full of Jake Killers. People didn't realize that you were diabetic. And you said, you know what? It has been long enough. I need to try these things and see what all the fuss is about. So you sit down, relax yourself and put your feet up and take a nice big bite. And you're like, man. This is really good. And you start chewing and you swallow it down. You just close your eyes and bask in the glow and the warmth of that sweet, sweet caramel and chocolate and coconut. The next thing you know, you wake up in the clouds. <laughs> you, you find yourself in heaven. The good thing, though, is every night is movie night in heaven. And the folks... Uh, in heaven are super nice and, uh, you know, are, are thrilled to have you there. And everybody gets their own turn to host movie night. So what movie are you showing when it's your turn to host movie night in heaven? So this question, I start thinking of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, uh, there's a number of films that are very nostalgic to uh, to myself, to our group. Uh, family, whatever. Um, but I'm gonna go with something more recent because mm-hmm. I think it's it is really it's a really well made movie and it's all also nostalgic and it's uh, fighting with my family. Oh, nice! Florence I know Q. you've seen it. I know you've seen yes. it. So it's uh, written. Adapted uh, by Stephen Merchant, who is famous for helping create The Office. I'm a big Office fan, but it's 
for those who don't know, it's uh, about a brother and sister who grew up in a wrestling family. Uh, the dad is a wrestler and, um, you know, growing up watching wrestling, you know, that's what I did with my brother as well as you, you probably did with your brother, Chris. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, watching wrestling growing up, then you see, then when you actually get to see the business, uh, what the person has to go through and, you know, it's, it's, it's a very entertaining heartfelt movie i mean and the rock does his promos then you can't go along with the rock doing promos so yeah that's that's my movie fighting with my family it's a good one and it, it really does a good job of showing off the business uh, in a way that's not terribly embarrassing um yeah. definitely a whole different end of the spectrum from ready to rumble but yeah but uh, i'm sure you enjoy you would enjoy that Oh, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Um, you know, Florence Pugh does a really good job of playing Paige, and yep. I, I think it was faithful. It didn't do, it didn't overly, um, you know, sometimes you see these movies about real people who are still around and who you have a pretty good glimpse of through things like social media. You can get an idea of how you figure that person is in, in their yeah. non-public like, life. And Nick uh, Frost like did a pretty good job. Nick Frost Nick, is great. He he, was, he's a hilarious in that movie. I mean, <laughs> I just can't get enough. They hang of him. up on the rock when he calls. <laughs> that's, that's such a great, funny part, and I'm sure that that's something that happened in real life. Oh yeah. So, but yeah good that's, stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, this is exactly why I decided I wanted to do this: was to continue to find ways to reconnect with old friends, family members, learn more about the people that I love and uh, help share them with the rest of the world so that folks who haven't talked to you in a while can listen to this and be like, man, that's my man, Jake, you know? And, Appreciate uh, it, Neil. I think I, I really think this uh, has turned out to be a, a really good episode. I've had a ton of fun tonight, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time that we can get together. Always, always, anytime. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Cinema is Life. Uh, until the next time, don't you dare settle for fine. Mm-hmm.